and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. I'm John Ingle. And I'm Mitch Bryan. And today we're looking at Minute 89, which begins with Ripley saying they'll all meet in seven minutes and ends with Ripley saying, Jones? And once again, we're joined by actor Ian McNeese. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me. So, John. Yeah. We have got seven minutes and counting before this movie's over. Seven minutes and counting before the movie's over. Arguably. Okay. That's what we think, anyway. That's what they're telling us, right? We got a ticking clock here. Yeah. And we've got this kind of a kind of a beautiful tracking shot. And the shot really sets up this geography of the corridors, which we're going to be using repeatedly for the next seven minutes or so of the movie as she runs down one way, turns around, runs back the other way, runs back the other way. So there's something being done here, I think, just in terms of the geography of the ship. I never really knew where I was before, but at this point I'm starting to actually feel like I kind of know what I'm doing. No, and I think that was intentional, right? We talked about that in earlier minutes when the uh, uh, post-chestburster scene, for instance, we cut to them searching for the chestburster that has escaped. And we immediately go into the corridor, but what we get is a labyrinthine kind of idea where we're in the corridor, but they're not really telling us where we are in the ship. They're not telling us, they're not even showing us where the crew is that's searching for the chestburster. And I think the intention for a long time there was to make us feel that claustrophobia, make us feel lost on the ship, disoriented as the crew is because of the crazy circumstances they're under. So if we're geographically disoriented, that adds to our you know, experience that we're sharing with them. Now is the time to start establishing the geography in earnest. We don't need to be disoriented. Now everything's so crazy, screwed up. We're all terrified. No longer needing to use tricks like that. We're ready to actually establish geography so that when the action begins, we're not thinking about it anymore. Uh, we're following Ripley wherever she's going. That's the positive side. I, I have a thing to say about this one shot here. And Ian, I definitely want to get your input on this as someone who um, I've, I've shot a couple of short films. I've done some long takes, but I've never I haven't had enough experience to really know this for sure. But I, I suspect here we probably got two or three takes at this. Would you say that's right? Considering how Ridley Scott has shot the film up to now. Now we're doing a single camera. Um, he's covering his no coverage. He's just doing this one shot. He's committed to it. Walk and talk around it's the a, corner. It's a walk and talk up. and yeah. it's great up to a point. And, uh, in, in no way I love uh, Scorny Weaver. She's does a great job, but I feel like that this particular take they chose, she stammers a little bit and it's kind of an odd when she says, blow this fucker in a space. It's a little bit odd. And I also can't tell if it's quite ADR or not, but what I'm th- thinking is, is that we got a, th- let's say three takes of this long shot. This ended up being the one and they just didn't have time to keep shooting and shooting and shooting. And they had to, this is one of those situations where you just got to pick your poison. I I do think that she probably maybe at the tail of the scene probably read the lines better, but something happened at the beginning of the camera bump or something. Ian, have you done a lot of one take like long oneers like this? Yeah. Yes. I mean, they are the hardest thing to do because at least when you know, that you're going to cut away to something or whether it's um, they're going to be on you and somebody else and you can cut into something. When you do one long take where there's no chance uh, of being able to cut into it, the pressure is enormous. It really is. Uh, And I've done quite a few of these. In fact, um, 
and especially on a tracking shot where you're walking and talking at the same time. That's when it normally happens, on a tracking shot where you are having to get it all in one. And, 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 and the biggest this is it, it's a challenge, and also when you get it right, uh, it's the actual feeling is fantastic as well. But uh, it, it is a, it's, it's an added pressure. Trying to do it all in one is, is, is it's quite a strong pressure. Now, has there been a time where you've done a few takes of a shot like this, and then when you saw the finished product, you uh, you thought, "Oh, that's the one they kept." Maybe do you remember? Do you remember your takes that well? Okay, do you... all right. Well, well let, let me tell you this. So, so I um, there was a scene in 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 Valmont, uh, which is the other version of Lady Asian Dangerous, which was made by Milos Forman, and I just had to come in through a doorway and open a curtain and Colin Perth is lying on the bed. I'm playing his servant. And he says to me, where is she? And all I have to do is say, she left. That's all I had to say. I opened the curtain, turned around and said, she left. 27 takes later, <laughs> oh, she left. I'm going bananas because I don't know what Milos Forman wants. He's yelling at me saying, "You, it's too much. You say she left. She left. So I go, okay, okay. I say, she left. He says, it's too big. It's too big. She, she, she left. She left. So I don't know what's going on, right? Okay. And so I, I, I'm freaking out. And then, in fact, we, we, we end up head to head where I'm, I'm swearing at him as well at the end, saying, I just don't know what you want me to Anyway, so that's on location. We now cut it three weeks later. We're now in a studio. Uh, and, and I see curtain material being passed by. And, oh, my God. I don't believe this. And sure enough, on the course sheet the next day, it says reshoot of of, of a scene. And oh now Colin Perth is wrapped. He's not there. It's just me with the curtain. <laughs> That's all it is. Me with the curtain going, she left. 17 takes later, right? <laughs> 17 takes later. I see the movie. I swear to God, it's the first friggin' take he shoots. <laughs> oh, my God. So, and there you go. So that's my little <laughs> cuppers. Oh. You know, but, one take wonders. Oh, the other one, the other one, the other beauty was the next day. The producer says to me, Ian, thanks, thank you for doing that. It's just that it's just that we're not sure whether it's going to cut with the other stuff you. I said, no, no, no. You, do you want me to do it again? No, I'm gone. I said, no more. You have 27 takes and 17. You have enough to work with. Please leave me alone. <laughs> it was extraordinary. No, there you go. Wow, that's that's great. So, hey, John, did you notice uh, this first shot when Ripley comes into the shuttle? Mm-hmm. Isn't that like a total echo at the beginning of Aliens? Mm-hmm. At the very beginning, it's like that same shuttle, that same door, that same smoke, that With same the, the light, the coming, light coming up, coming through. Yeah, it definitely is. I think we've got another one of our little signposts that James Cameron wrote. In his initial, you know, like as he was started to work on the script, oh, oh yeah, we can reflect this. We can. Re-. I think James Cameron saw a lot of little things here he could play with, but that's definitely one. It looks like right before that robot arm cuts the door off and the guys come in. Yeah, I think you're right. I didn't even think about that, but no. Yeah, I just noticed it this last time, but it does seem almost to be the same shot. So then we do get some sense of the inside of the shuttle as she comes in, adjusts her hair as well. I like- I love that she does that. What I, I don't know if I can articulate exactly what it is about that. Up to now, Ripley has been Ripley. Her uniform's been the same. Her hair's been the same. Nothing's changed. She's been steady. Is this, Ian, maybe you could speak to this too. Um, you know, when, when Scorning Weaver enters the shuttle and she's ready to prep the shuttle, she pulls her hair back and ties it, you know. Is that a, a moment that maybe she might have chosen? You know, I'm getting down to business. It's sort of like a rolling up the sleeves kind of thing. 
Is that what you would suspect that that's what part of the motivation for her doing this? Absolutely. I think you did right. Yeah. I've always liked that. I've always felt like it it gave a natural kind of urgency to the scene as she starts to do this, which is almost like, it's like a false urgency in a way, because this isn't the scene we're going to get this scene later as the real urgency. (laughs) Like this one, we're not even, we're not even exactly sure what she's doing. She's just flipping switches. It's just sci-fi switch flipping right right now. Well, I would like to speak to the male gaze. And okay. I would just add that she looks really beautiful. She and does. so when she does that with her hair, she looks really beautiful. And there's just, I can Wait, just look at her being beautiful. I think you meant to word it, speak, you said speak for the male. <laughs> I, I said, no, no, I said speak to the male gaze. To the gaze. You should have said, I would like to speak with the male gaze. With you were actually my male gaze. Your male gaze. Yes, okay, because I thought you were going to make a comment on the male gaze. Instead, you just made no, a male. No, I'm just, I'm just going to have to say, as we move deeper into this film and, and there are some issues that crop up, with regards to the male gaze, yeah. that um, I'm sorry. She's wearing, I believe, as well. Is that right? What's that? Isn't she wearing very skimpy? skimpy Not eventually. Yeah, eventually, yeah, eventually, yeah, yeah, eventually yeah, yeah, she yeah. will. Yeah, and I'm just going to have to cop to the fact that I'm a, I'm a I'm my own worst enemy. I'm a victim because I, I like to look at her. And, yeah, she's beautiful. You know, it's the, <laughs> it's, the, it's the sad truth of the male gaze for me. <laughs> anyway, we do jump to this really cool model shot. Uh, And we see the lights coming on inside of the shuttle. And I've heard a couple of different explanations for this, that they were monitors, apparently. But they also said they shot some 16 millimeter footage of her Mm -hmm. to use. So I assume what it is is 60 millimeter footage transferred to a monitor, monitors mounted behind the two windows and the monitors photographed, which means you have to do a lock sync with the camera to make sure there's no lines going up and down versus the way that Stanley Kubrick did it in 2001 with with actual 16 millimeter projectors blasting into these different windows but it's a beautiful shot in terms of scale it really once again makes her seem very small and 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 in in this yeah. gigantic space yeah and it's a beautiful model i love this model we've talked about it a little bit i think back when we were talking about dallas it was dallas's little respite is the only other time we've seen the shuttle before right yeah or am i forgetting uh one of the things that i think is interesting here in the sound design is that we get this this wide external shot of the shuttle and the housing sliding back and i think the sound design so you know we're watching we know very well this is a tiny model in a plastic housing and all this and they really sell the um the, the process the of it process of it the scope of it with the sound effect it's great but i think that in our my modern ears my 2016 ears that have been through michael bay's entire career up to now I'm really expecting it to hit home when it gets when the housing finally. <laughs> I'm expecting, right. yeah, yeah. and it doesn't happen every single time I watch this. I think that's going to happen, and it never does. And I think it's an it's an interesting difference between 1979 sound effects and 2016 sound effects. Back then, you're in the the old Ben Burt Walter Murch era where you're just trying to sell the idea, but you're not trying to overdo it. It doesn't have to. Cr- it's not important that that thing crash into the thing and have a big booming sound. I'm already sold. It could be that in space, no one can hear you scream, John. Well, in space, you shouldn't probably able, be able to hear a housing moving away from a shuttle. Unless either, you're hearing it from the inside. Maybe that's what's happening. We're hearing what she hears from the inside of the ship. That's what I'd like. I think that we've mentioned that before as, yeah. a, as a sort of justification for them using uh, sound effects in the external shots. But So we hear this meow yep. at the end of our... As yep. we reach the end of the minute. And this is going to take us into one of the more controversial issues of this movie, which we'll get right. to in the next minute. But she hears the meow, and we know it's Jones, and we wonder what she's going to do about that. 
But we got to wait for the next minute to get the answer to that question. Right. There's there's one other thing in the, in the sound mix that we get here that I never really noticed before. Mitch, did you notice that you hear Parker for a moment over the PA over the speakers? No, I didn't. She, yeah. So she walks into the into the room. She starts doing her thing, and you just get this moment where you hear Parker say, "Take it easy." And obviously, he's talking to Lambert because that's who you say "Take it easy" to. I've never noticed it before, and then I was watching it, watched it over and over again. I said, "Yeah, that's what that is." And now I know we talked a little bit about how uh, in the last minute, I think that the Lambert Parker scene that we're going to get later changed so much. And I think that there was initially going to be more cutting between Parker and Lambert and then what Ripley was hearing over the loudspeaker. So I think that this might actually be a carryover. I think that while we haven't gotten to Lambert banging the coolant tanks around yet, I think that's what that line comes from. They grabbed that line from there and moved it back here. But, But they felt the need, and I think rightfully so, to establish that there's going to be communication or at least uh, not communication as much as Ripley is going to be cutting back and forth. hearing it on yeah. the radio basically of what's happening to them so it's just a, a little moment subtle moment that we probably all registered somewhere but I just never thought about it because we go right in as soon as he says that she starts flipping switches and then we get the meow the all-important like Jones cry for help which thankfully Jones did because I think at this point if Jones hadn't spoken up right here Jones would be flying <laughs> wouldn't have needed the rocket to fly through space later yeah but uh yeah so what i definitely the next minute's the time to get into the jones controversy the jones ripley controversy so maybe we'll move on to minute 90 ian will you come back tomorrow for the jones ripley controversy i can't wait my goodness you got me all all hot and bothered now i tell you <laughs> do you want to tell us uh, again where you can be found on twitter oh yes you can find uh, uh, me ian mcneese i-a-n-m-c-n-e-i-c-e 1950-1950. You can find us at AlienMinute.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Uh, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That'd be great. We're also on Twitter at AlienMinutePod and uh, at AlienMinutePodcast on Instagram. And I mentioned yesterday the Tee Public page. We have a new logo that a listener very graciously gave to us. And in exchange for that, only ask that we lead uh, the, the listeners to his Twitter handle, which is at WNathans. So his name is Nathan. His handle is at W Nathan's and uh, that'll lead you also to his T public page, which he has a lot of great designs there too. So anyway, uh, that'll do it for minute number 89. We'll see you tomorrow for minute number 90.